and which activities like mass gatherings uh, may be in a certain sense more optional. And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates. Who's a recovered person? Who's a vaccinated person? So eventually, there will be sort of this digital immunity proof. facilitate the global reopening up. The source of the virus could be a natural epidemic like Ebola, or it could be bioterrorism. Uh, an epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing. You can drag and trace me all you want, just please let me go outside. Please, please. So next time we might not be so lucky. This is a global problem, so how do countries work together? Uh, all right, I'm not in a good mood now. I just I start, I start thinking about Bill Gates up there, that little chicken neck. Uh, hopping or now, a little murdering eugenicist. Uh, you know how he walked like, uh, uh, like a demonic elf. Hey, Bill Gates. Uh, oh, I'm Bill Gates. I'm, oh, I'm a liberal. Uh, take my shot. It's not so red to me. Total tracking and microchips sewn into our skin. Because, I mean, we got to turn the corner sometime. Holy hell. God almighty. What the hell? <laughs> We're back with part two. part two of bill gates picking up where we left off was the last thing we basically did the uh the death panel sam hard thing right mm-hmm yeah so yeah. um solving the mystery is bill gates a uh megalomaniac evil fuck who wants to uh decrease the global population by 10 or 15 percent oh way more than that 500 millions 
Or is 5%. Bill Gates just a normal old nice guy, 73 times a billionaire that wants to save everybody for no real reason other than he's a great <laughs> guy? Full retard, man. Never go full retard. I don't want to hear those words out of your mouth again. I think we've established that Bill Gates not only created the coronavirus, but he is the coronavirus. So, especially now more than ever, Bill Gates is uh, getting a lot of pushback, and he is kind of annoyed by anti-vaxxers. There are pockets, and, and, and significant pockets, of the country where vaccines aren't happening because of those, you know, the anti-vaxxers or whatever you want to call them, who have made significant headway in trying to convince parents they shouldn't vaccinate children. I was just looking at new data today from, from Orange County, California, with more than a few schools showing between 40 and 60% children not vaccinated. You could say this is a, we're a victim of success, in the countries where you have measles all the time, nobody gets confused about this. Do you get mad about it? Uh, I get more mad about the, the deaths we're not avoiding. I spend you know, my time on the countries where you still have, in the case of measles, over 300,000 kids dying a year. Uh, in the case of diarrheal diseases, over a million a year. There's six million kids a year still dying. Why aren't we getting vaccines out in Africa uh, for diarrhea, for respiratory disease? Is there a diarrhea vaccine? I guess there is. There's a vaccine if for everything. so, I need it. Uh, why don't we yet have a vaccine for malaria? Those are the things that I, um, you know, I push forward. I wouldn't say I get angry, but I'm uh, really impatient that uh, we're not moving as fast as I'd like. I'll bet you are. I'll bet you're impatient, Bill. Trump himself has been openly skeptical about vaccines and the connection to autism, which I know is something that you've disputed. How do you get that across to him? And, and what, is the, what are the repercussions of Trump's presidency if you look at the impact on vaccines in the U.S. and the implications for global health? Well, vaccines are a miracle. They're fantastic. Anything that makes people hesitate uh, to give their children these vaccines according to the uh, recommended schedule creates risk, uh, risk for the children who don't get vaccinated and risk for children who, some of whom don't have immune system. And so they're benefiting from the fact that the community protection means the disease doesn't get to them. And so, you know, getting the word out that yes, vaccines are great, the safety uh, data is very, very clear, including any of these specific concerns. Um, that's very important to our foundation. Every country, you know, the rumor mill often uh, works against us there. So we'll have to see how that one develops. Uh, I would certainly use my voice uh, to try and avoid anything that undermines uh, confidence so that parents are using vaccines fully. He honestly was not convincing, and that seemed like uh, a real, like he just was kind of like, seemed like a bunch of nothing, really. He didn't well, he really address the anti-vax issues or what they cite. He just, he just, uh, he didn't even dispute their claims. He just kind of said like, well, uh, you know, uh, I wish everything was moving faster. <laughs> 
Exactly. He wasn't trying to reassure people's worries and assuage people's worries with evidence or um, uh, 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 addressing their concerns directly with safety testing, you know, reassuring people that they're going to be, you know, way more safety testing. And we're actually going to look into the things that you're concerned about. It was like it, he was treating it like it was an ideology he's trying to push. Yeah, like it's just a religious issue. He, he just wants through. to convert people. Yeah. He doesn't want to to actually address these issues and treat it like a serious thing. He just wants to get people on his team. Yeah, and his team is the vaccinations. And it's a team of like, this is the only way we can do it. There's no other method to do it. Well, and his, I, yeah, I, his I, method is, uh, is, you know, global military uh, and uh, surveillance. Mm-hmm. He just babbles on about that stuff all day as if, you know, everybody should just like, why aren't these people on board with this? He pushes for power grabs. And I, I want to make it perfectly clear that, like, I'm not actually anti-vaccine in general. I'm anti these vaccines and these people who are making them. And I'm, an, I'm, I'm against uh, regulations that make it illegal to sue people who make vaccines. I'm against, mm-hmm. you know, a lack yes, of safety absolutely. testing. I want somebody who I who I trust, uh, you know, uh, uh, to be developing yeah, these things. Not, not a company, Bill Gates, or not a, yeah, not a company, not Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and not a company like Merck that right. uh, you know has yeah. a monopoly, and they're the only ones that even make an MMR. Vaccine. If they're making a massive profit yeah. off of it, then I'm not interested. You know, Bill Gates says he's concerned about you know health. He's concerned about that bottom two billion, but I don't hear that in his voice. I don't. I'm not convinced in any way, shape, or form that he actually gives a fuck about any of these people. It, it, it's yeah. it's more like I what I hear is that he cares about his beliefs and his agenda, and he just wants to push that. Well, and he's just smiling and grinning ear to ear in all his talks and interviews when he's talking about pandemics or you know disasters it's like mm-hmm. why are you so yeah, it's just because like yeah practically salivating okay but yeah and my, the, real quick just before we move on and i think everybody here at absent six pack can agree like we the biggest issue we have with like the vaccination stuff is we don't want it to be mandatory correct mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. like and, that's and my anything, biggest issue with yeah. it i don't really care who makes it i don't care where it comes from as long as I know exactly what's inside of it and the amounts of water inside of it and that it is not mandated that I inject it into my body without my consent. Yeah. Those are the two biggest issues for it's me. Just, right. It crosses so many human rights lines and it's a uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a nightmare to enforce. It's kind of right. like the closest thing we've seen to that um, as far as forcing a product on someone was probably Obamacare. Right. Well, exactly. Actually, no, the closest the closest thing we have to that, because I I mean, I'm a major lefty in a lot of ways, but I'm right there with you, Caleb. I'm against anything that's compulsory, including (laughs) including Social Security, man. Like that's that's essentially retirement insurance or a retirement account that I am forced to pay into. I am not that I'm saying we should abolish it. I'm just saying, you know, we should reorganize it and also make it optional. You know, all this stuff should be optional. Exactly. Yeah. There's no reason for any of this stuff to not have a private option. Like if you want to pay into a public option, I think that should be one of your options. But if you want to go a different route, if you like a certain company, if you just know a lot about a certain uh, product or company or business that exists, you should be able to do that kind of stuff with your money. And it's the right. same thing with your body. If there is a vaccine that's out there that you're pretty sure can fix you or help you or prevent you from getting something – Definitely take it. It should be available to you. However, if you choose not to have that, you should have that option as well. Right, right. Man, I'm pro personal freedom, yeah. pro thinking outside the box, man. I think we should take the rain in that military <laughs> spending, make that uh, 
public option robust, but preserve the person's individual freedom, allow them to get the private option if they want. So yeah, and do it without being trapped. Absolutely right. Um, okay, so the next part of we should the, run the government. Yeah, the next part of that clip. Uh, actually, I first heard it on No Agenda. I guess it was two or three episodes ago. That's uh, Bill Gates just kind of chuckling and laughing about uh, Trump wanting a safety panel for vaccines. Yeah, so I I never met Donald Trump uh, before he was elected. Uh, there was a thing during the uh, election where he and I were at the same place and I avoided him. Um, anyway, then he got elected and so I went to see him in December. Um, he, he, he knew my daughter Jennifer uh, because uh, Trump has this uh, horse show thing down in Florida. In fact, he went up and talked to Jen and was being super nice. Uh, and then about 20 minutes later, he flew in in a helicopter to the same place. So clearly he had been driven away, and, but he wanted to make a grand entrance in a helicopter. <laughs> I, clip, I didn't even clip all of it. It's basically just like underhanded jabs at Trump, but there's some interesting data points in here. Oh, what are you talking about underhanded jabs? Those are overt jabs at yeah. him. That well, is yeah. literally 100% what he's doing. He's virtue signaling to his audience. He's just being yeah. real weaselly about it. Yeah, he's not. Well, he's not coming right out and say it. He's just in, like strongly implying things. And he definitely could be he more said subtle. He but... purposely avoided donald trump at this event while he was yeah. running for president well that's a good point to me that's an overt signal that it's like i don't even want to talk to him if he's in the same room as me yeah and well don't and also, care that he's the president it's i would honestly exactly. think he might just be lying like do you think there's a there was a couple examples but like it does still kind story, of like a lie yeah i mean maybe trump would do something like that but this idea that trump's just going to drive off and then come back 10 minutes later in a helicopter to impress yeah. bill gates it's like yeah, it right. sounds like a, just a, a story that Bill Gates is telling to make himself like I sound more powerful. I bet Gates him down, yeah. and uh, and Trump turned him away. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Definitely, I, I think this is one hundred percent Gates playing to his audience. Yeah, it gets wanted better. to make a grand entrance in a helicopter. <laughs> anyway, uh, so when I first talked to him, it, it was actually kind of scary how well he knew, how much he knew about my daughter's appearance, uh, but. Melinda didn't like that too well. Uh, anyway, so I saw him. And he's so he's, gross. He's trying man. to paint Trump as like you know basically a perv. Uh, it's just it's just you know it's minutes of this, but no. uh, yeah. But but real quick about that 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 bit of the clip you just played right there. What really gets me is that he starts out by saying I wasn't, and then he corrects himself. He's like Melinda wasn't too fond of that. Mm, good that, catch. He yeah. knew so much about our daughter. Yeah. So to me, it's almost like that's a double virtue signal. That's like Trump's a creep, and I'm deferring to my wife to make the decision about what's creepy or not. Right. It's just a low Like blow. as a man. He's like saying as a man, I can't make that discernment. Yeah. There, I mean, this thing is – this is only like uh, – it's less than two minutes of the whole thing. But I mean, it's just – it's just most of what he talks about is basically like stories about Trump that make him look dumb that probably didn't really happen. I mean, maybe they did, but. Trump Tower, you know, 
I said, hey, science and innovation is a great thing. You should be a leader who drives innovation. And that conversation was about a broad set of things in energy, in health, in education. You know, pick things you want to do that are big. HIV vaccine, you could, you know, accelerate that. Be associated with innovation. And uh, then the second time I saw him was uh, the March after that, uh, so March 2017 in the White House. In both of those two meetings, he asked me if vaccines weren't a bad thing because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines. And, and somebody, his name is Robert Kennedy Jr., was advising him that vaccines were causing bad things. Mm. Yeah, I have. And by the way, I would never have heard that clip or been able to find it if I hadn't have first heard it on No Agenda. And that's why they're the best podcast in the in the universe because I heard that in my like, I was like, oh my god! Like he basically is, he's just like basically like you know swinging his nuts, like trying to act like he's more powerful than Trump and just treating Trump like an idiot. And he's like. <laughs> It's just insane. It's like, uh, and then he acts like he doesn't know who Robert Kennedy Jr. is. It's like some guy. Some named, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You some know, guy you know, who like may or may not be like related son. to former president of the United States. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> and then also him just saying, like, <laughs> him just saying, like, you know, like Trump and was setting up Robert Kennedy Jr. to be on a vaccine safety panel and do safety studies. And I told him that was a dead end. Ha 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 ha. It's like, what? Just in general, his demeanor towards, like, like it's one thing to talk about before he became president, but once he's president, to talk to about him like that, it's like, that's completely, it's either one of two things. It's either 100% a virtue signal to his audience, or it's a virtue signal mixed with a superiority complex, which means, like, even though he's not the president, he's like, oh, I'm basically the president i make all the same decisions i make more decisions more important decisions than him well yeah and obama was basically <laughs> it's a very bush and obama were basically ahead, his employee like i mean you know like i mean obama basically worked for people like clint i mean uh for people like gates so i mean that's how they treated them yeah, yeah. and so if this whole thing isn't kayfabe and trump's actually the first president in a long time who is his own man and not controlled then that would explain a lot of Bill Gates' attitude towards him. That's what I'm thinking. And the elite in general's attitude towards him. Yeah, and I, I definitely, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it would definitely appreciate that attitude. But more than that, it's just they know that's the narrative that's been set up by the media and by the people that just don't associate themselves with uh, Donald Trump at all. It's that they have to play like this. They have to play that attitude that I'm better than Trump. They well, have to play that in order to get their audience I would argue people like Bill Gates are the ones that set that narrative and put that out in the press and, you know, call those kind of shots, $74 billion or whatever. It's like, I don't think Bill Gates is catering to like someone else's like opinions because that's what's on the news. I think he, he's the, it's top down You're, from him. He creates those opinions, not just him, but I definitely, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And he would definitely have to push the narrative. And so this would be the perfect kind of way to push the narrative is to just be like, look, and to push it in a way that kind of uh, separates him from being the person who created it. It's like, look, I didn't even know Donald Trump. I didn't even know him. And now he's, he's the big dummy running the pre or running the country. Yeah, he's a big dummy. Like, and that's the perfect, this is the perfect kind of uh, 
place to put yourself to separate yourself from somebody like Donald Trump. Yeah. A person who's I think both are completely probably true at the same time. Like I'd say both are probably yeah. operating factors. So yeah, since <clears throat> that some guy, Robert Kennedy Jr., since Bill Gates was talking about that some guy that because Trump, uh, you know, he was running in the Republican debates and before he got elected on set vaccine safety studies and looking at why we vaccinate mm -hmm. so many kids. And that was like a good chunk of his platform. And <clears throat> he actually was, you know, following through until Bill Gates came along and somehow put a stop to it. And uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. says that tr he can't, like the White House has blocked him out. He can't even get a hold of Trump. Like, because Trump's busy, so all they have to do is just shut you out. And Trump's not going to remember he was doing that. He's, I mean, he's got, God, he's got, he's got a tweet and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that could be a factor or just, I don't know why else Trump would have just completely done a 180 and not even mentioned it again. But it was all when Bill Gates showed up and was like, get what are you doing with this vaccine safety studies? You guys crazy. I mean, obviously Trump's not pure. He's well, his own could... man. He probably picks his uh -huh. battles. Mm -hmm. One thing I was going to say, I'm sorry to cut you off a little you're bit, good. Noah. Um, you're good. Was that like the crowd that supports Trump might not be the same crowd that supports RFK. Um, you feel me? Yes. Because JFK, because the same people that support RFK are the same people that support JFK. And JFK was not necessarily supported by the same people that support Trump. Yeah, not, um, so probably, did, probably Catholics. I'm and, just saying that you know, but yeah, overall, because you know Kennedy was a Democrat. Exactly, he was looked at as a more also, liberal yeah, Democrat too. Robert Robert Kennedy Jr.'s like main thing is he's an environmental activist. So yeah, but I mean, Trump's worked with all kinds of people. They're more left in his administration. I, I understand what you're saying, but Trump is not going to work with somebody because he's all about public appearance. So he's not going to actively work with somebody that he can't see a clear um, a clear line of well, increased support or just that follows his base it was, supporters. It was Trump's idea to work with Robert Kennedy Jr., though. He brought him in. Oh, really? Yeah. And then Bill Gates got in there and and just it all just shut down. And Robert Kennedy Jr. still says he can't get a hold of Trump because the White House like blocked him out. Hmm. Uh, seems like Bill Gates. I guess that shows you really pull some of the strings. Then seems like Bill Gates is actually president, and Trump's not. <laughs> hmm. Especially with his CDC and World Health Organization stuff. So yeah, we'll, we'll go down a little um, side tangent about Robert Kennedy Jr. Because to me, like Bill Gates right now, and our David and Goliath is like one of the best examples of that in modern days. Like this exact thing: Bill Gates versus uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. But yeah, it's uh, I like Robert King Jr. He's got a bad voice issue, though, so it makes you sad to hear him talk. First up, he is a lifelong champion of the environment who appears in the documentary Trace Amounts, available now online, and is the editor of The Mirasol, Let the Science Speak, a book on the same issue. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is back with us. Robert, it's been so long. How are you? You look great. Well, uh, okay, so... I saw you, uh, you have a full-page ad that you printed in USA Today about this issue, the Marisol, which yes. is the uh, preservative, the mercury-based preservative in vaccines. We'll get to that in a second, but I want to put it in context. You are one of the greatest environmental crusaders we've ever had, so I'm assuming... I don't think anyone would dispute that. So, your history with mercury goes back a long way. I mean, it, you're yeah, into the I, vaccine I, I, thing now, but you've gotten it out of rivers, I, right? I, I, yeah, I got, uh, I got dragged into the 
vaccine issue kind of kicking and screaming because I was going around the country suing coal burning power plants and talking about the dangers of mercury coming from those plants. And almost everywhere I stopped or um, I spoke, I, there were women there, very eloquent, articulate, grounded people who were saying, look, you have to look at the biggest vector of mercury in American children now is coming from vaccines and we need you to look at the science. And um, I resisted for a long time, but I started reading the science after a while. And I am very comfortable reading science. I, I've brought hundreds and hundreds of successful lawsuits. Almost all of them have involved scientific controversy. So I'm, look, I'm good. I'm, I'm comfortable reading science and dissecting it and discerning the difference between junk science and real science. And when I started looking at it, uh, what I saw was very alarming, which we were giving huge amounts of mercury to our children. A lot of it has been taken out of vaccines, but there's still an extraordinary right. amount still in the vaccines, and particularly the but, flu vaccine. I just realized I uh, jumped one ahead. So um, finishing up what uh, Bill Gates said about our Because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines and, and somebody, his name is Robert Kennedy Jr. was advising him that vaccines were causing bad things. And I said, no, that's a dead end. That would be a bad thing. Don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know we just briefly, since we still got a little bit to go, but what, why would safety studies be a bad thing? Just like I don't what, understand. what good reason and, and, would Bill Gates possibly have for saying that safety testing is a dead end and a bad idea, horrible idea? Yeah, exactly. There's not any single health issue, medical issue, medical uh, drug, vaccine. There's, there's not a single health issue where you can stand there and argue that safety testing is a bad thing and not look like a bad guy. I mean – or look like you have ulterior motives. It just I doesn't just, make any sense. I just literally can't think of any reason. No, not one. That, that not a single reason. Any good rationalization that he would be making that argument, but he constantly does it. You, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I agree that safety standards, safety tests are a must. You have to do that with every single, not just vaccines, any kind of medications coming out. You have to do that, and I'm pretty sure that uh, everybody in the United States anyways is – um, mandated to do that by the FDA. Other However, I think what, just to kind of play devil's advocate for a second, yeah, I think what, what Bill Gates was referring to was that the tests about specific things, which he didn't say it, but RFK did, and it's about the mercury. And that's where a lot of people have issues with the vaccines is that they contain mercury. However, the from what I understand, the mercury in the vaccines is not the same thing as mercury that is found in minerals or coal ash or residue uh, from creating energy it's well, a different it's, thing it's i think that's what bill gates mercury. was referring to there was that he was referring into looking into the mercury maybe he didn't say that rather but, than just the safety overall tons of other antigens and contaminants like aluminum and all kinds of stuff they put in there you're you're, um, you're absolutely right but the issue that most people have and i'm not discrediting you know, I, I think it's a it's a valid issue because mercury is incredibly poisonous at low doses, mm -hmm. but there is mercury that is used in vaccines. And I think if you just like examine the two clips together, and I'm not saying that's what Bill Gates was talking about for sure, but since he does mention RFK and the same thing, and he mentions Trump saying that it was bad and that they need to look into it, 
from what RFK said there, it was that, that the vaccines contained mercury. Oh, yeah. Well, that's uh, and so that's what I that's an older Bill Mark too. So, yeah, it's got to be how old, like what? Yeah, because he's he's years. way beyond mercury. I mean, he's got a I, he's got a whole his data is pretty. He actually wrote a uh, he wrote a whole like thing. It's linked on um, Zero Hedge. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm -hmm. exposes Bill Gates' vaccine agenda in scathing report, and Robert Kennedy Jr. just straight up calls him out and lists sources about how Bill Gates' his plan is to. <laughs> set up a global id and uh oh wow that'd be awesome if we could include that in show notes or something yeah, like that yeah i'll see if i can i'll keep i got it open in a tab but anyway facing him that vaccines were causing bad things and i said no that's a dead end that would be a bad thing don't do that he said so trump was he opened that by saying trump was looking at a safety panel for safety studies on vaccines and he says that'd be a bad thing don't do that he also said it was a dead end, but he's just flat out saying like it'd be a bad thing to study it. Definitely the wording not, there yeah. does not favor Gates at all. That sounds very, very much like somebody who's like, hey, don't worry about this aspect of what we're doing. Yeah. Just sign off yeah. on it. Just not even the wording, even the content of what he's saying. Like he's just not even making a case. Like there's no, there's no, like why? Why don't do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, both times he wanted to know if there was a difference between HIV and HPV. So I was able to uh, explain that those are rarely confused with each other. Uh, I'll take things that didn't oh, that's happen for 600. Pandering. And just a, like, pandering. I think uh, when they played that, this Isn't was the, Trump stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is still the clip they played on No Agenda, which is where I heard it. And I, I'm pretty sure Curry said the exact same thing or afterwards. He was like, Bill Gates definitely made up the story about Trump asking over and over what the difference between HPV and HIV is. He's like, <laughs> there's no way. For Robert Kenny Jr., Bill Gates, and all the critics really just the press call RFK Jr. an anti-vaxxer. And really anybody who asks simply just asks for safety studies and more stringent testing is called an anti-vaxxer. So Anytime that's another, they you, give you a You're label. absolutely right. And, and not to cut you off, Noah, but just real quick to get my thought in here anybody that is even critical at any point of a vaccine is immediately labeled an anti-vaxxer anybody that has any reason for not wanting a vaccine or somebody to get vaccinated immediately is labeled as an anti-vaxxer which has become like a like a bad term it's become a very yeah. negative stereotype it's like oh you don't believe you don't think it's gonna work oh you're an anti-vaxxer it's like no it's yeah. not even i don't think it's gonna work it's just for whatever reason i don't want it and if you don't want it at all you become stigmatized and yeah, labeled as exactly it's, it's the same uh it's the same exact uh tactic that's used like with the word nazi is anti-vaxxer like anybody ben shapiro or further right is a nazi and anybody that questions vaccines is a anti-vaxxer it's the same see nazi's a label i'm not exact particularly afraid of because i feel like people who <laughs> use it are ridiculous and like even when you say like me calling someone else a nazi just like as the words come out of my mouth i sound like an i feel like i'm an idiot um but being labeled an anti-vaxxer that's something i do not want like and 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 this is exactly what you're saying caleb is that when that when the label has a stigma tied to it like a negative stigma. What that does is it suppresses conversation. It's, it's literally a conversation 
it's a tool for suppression of conversation, basically, and suppression exactly. of ideas. And so anytime, mm-hmm. this is why I try, I try to like stray from labeling people and, and calling people, you know, a, a particular name just because it can, it can suppress that conversation, suppress that idea. And I want to be able to have that conversation, you know, and that way we're, we're operating honestly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to corner the conversation by saying, Hey, that's something an anti-vaxxer would say, or exactly. hey, that's something a globalist would say. You don't want to corner it down. by boxing the person. Exactly, shutting a person down. You don't want to shut them down into a corner where they can't really say anything without feeling like, oh, yeah, I guess I am purporting that. You want to be able to have that open, easy conversation where it's like, I just have a slightly different opinion. It's not that I'm in complete disagreement. Maybe they are, maybe they're not, but it's like I just have a different way of looking at it. Right. And you don't want to suppress that part of the conversation. And this is so rampant in our culture. I think what it does is it produces a mentality that makes people feel like they have to walk on eggshells. They got to be super careful about what they say because they don't want to be stigmatized or labeled. You know, um, and I think that's a major problem that we see with a lot of celebrities just just in general, like even Joe Rogan. And he's a great example of that. His podcast has changed entirely because he's afraid of stigma. You know, he's afraid of what's going to happen if he says this or that. And so he's suppressing ideas on his show, in my opinion. Yeah, it's true. I'm going to plow through. Totally agree. uh, I'm going to plow through these RFK Jr. clips as quick as I can so we can get to the Bill Gates wrap up party. People call me anti-vaccine because that's a way of shutting me up and marginalizing me and saying, well, you don't have to pay attention to him. He's anti-vaccine. And people who are anti-vaccine are crazy. But I've been fighting to get mercury out of fish for 35 years. Nobody calls me any fish. I, you know, I like to have seatbelts and automobiles. People don't say I'm any automobile because I'm asking for something completely reasonable, which is to have a vaccine safety tested the way that every other medical product has to be safety tested. And what I've said to the vaccine industry, to the regulators, to the press that tries to shut me up, show me one study that favorably compares vaccinated children to unvaccinated children and shows that the vaccinated children are actually healthier. And I will post that on my website and I will get out of this business and I'll go back to Waterkeeper and protecting rivers full time, which is what I want to be doing with my life. Yeah, that's basically just summing up what you guys already said about like anti-vax is a way to shut you up just by calling you that. Mm hmm. What he was saying, it's very much uh, against any kind of safety proceeding. Just anybody that's anti-vaccine is automatically bad. I like I like that. I like what he was saying about it and everything. What was that part about at the end there? He wants to go back to doing what? He, he does. He um has fought. He sued like, you know, coal companies and uh, all kinds of. He's just like really actually gotten mercury out of like. And he's just anti-pollution, but he's gotten mercury out of all kinds of stuff. He, he wants to get back to being an environmental yeah. lawyer because that's what he yeah, was. Exactly. He got kind of okay. like he said, he got when he was talking to Bill Maher, he got dragged into the um, vaccine thing because people kept approaching him with all his work on mercury and like getting people settlements for harm that mercury poisoning. 
he's like tons and tons of people just kept approaching him and saying like you have to do something about vaccines and you know they all had the personal story about like their kid was fine and then they got all their vaccine regiment and now their kid just bangs their head into the wall can't talk or walk anymore forced into something that maybe we're not ready to do um, is a scary thought and would make us move out of the state. Debate over the safety of vaccinations on display today at the Ohio State House. Those who wanted to make their opinions heard ranged from parents, nurses, and even Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has become somewhat of a celebrity in the anti-vaccination movement. Uh-oh, retard alert! Retard alert, class! So I'm going to say this. <laughs> But to say the same thing that Randall Carlson said about climate change deniers. Because, yeah, there are anti-vaccine people, but when it comes to, like, someone respected or scientist that gets called anti-vaxxer, it's the same thing Randall Carlson said about climate change. He's like, you're not going to find any climate scientist who denies that the climate is changing. Same thing with the anti-vax movement. I've never, it gets labeled anti-vaccine. Um, I've never actually seen any high-profile person asks for anything more than you know safety testing and uh not not to have them forced that's really most 99 percent of anti-vaxxers it's an ideology getting pushed on the masses yeah. so yeah it's the same thing with climate change like and i'm not talking about you know just your average joe but i'm talking about like people that are actually you know qualified to look at the science and none of them are anti-vaccine they're just like we need to start looking at safety so, studies I, I, so what you're saying is that the same, like the scientists, the people that understand it, they've gone to school for it, they've dedicated part of or most of their life. They're not saying don't vaccinate at all. They're just saying we need safety tests. Yes, and they get we pushed need out of their jobs regulations fast. Yeah, and they get called mm -hmm. anti-vaxxers. And it's and they get called anti-vaxxers. Dad, that's completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so. they shouldn't be looked at it like that at all. They're simply looking for oversight. But if you so. It's just like any other issue, like the media spins a narrative and labels people to uh, just shut them up, like RFK said. I mean, those who wanted to make their opinions heard ranged from parents, nurses and even Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has become somewhat of a celebrity in the anti-vaccination movement. NBC4's Ted Hart is joining us live now from the State House with more on this and the proposed state legislation that brought them all together today, Ted. You know, Colleen, public health experts advocate for a wide variety of vaccines for children and many employees, employers rather, strongly encourage their employees to get flu vaccines every year. Well, this event at the State House today was intended to call all of that into question. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has become one of the leading anti-vaccination voices. Okay, now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. We have the most aggressive vaccine schedule in the world, and we have the sickest children in the developing world. We're 49th. Kennedy was at the State House to lend support to a legislative proposal that would prohibit employers from disciplining or firing employees who have not or will not be vaccinated. Michelle Krinsky, a nurse from Cincinnati, says she was given an ultimatum by her employer, get the flu vaccine or be terminated. So, well, I completely agree with RFK right there. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't get fired just for not getting vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that, but they, you notice how they labeled them. In both those reports, anti-vaxxer hero, um, champion voice of anti-vax movement. It's like, what? I mean, you can definitely, it's, it's, it's very easy. There's clearly spin. It was a label given to him. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, I, I went it. in and met with Adam Schiff. I'm a, I've been a Democrat all my life. And what's happening in the Democratic Party disturbed me greatly. But I was astonished when one of the leading Democrats in our country, Adam Schiff, went to the Internet Titans, to Facebook, to Google, which has a $668 million partnership with GlaxoSmithKline, the biggest, the biggest vaccine producer in the world, to make drugs and to mine your, perfect, your personal information so that they can sell you more drugs. And to Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, all of the different, and Amazon, and told them you need to start censoring information about complaints and information about a pharmaceutical products. So Adam Schiff basically just went around to all the tech heads and demanded that they censor quote-unquote misinformation about vaccines. They have now, you can get um, in trouble if you post the actual warning label, the product insert that you get, that you can re request. They usually don't give it to you. You can ask for the product insert at a pharmacy like Walgreens or whatever for specific vaccines. It's like this tiny paper. You unfold it, and it's just got a plethora, including permanent brain damage. You know, It says it's not very likely, you know, but uh, uh, permanent blindness, stuff like that. So, And that's just the beginning. It's like a huge thing. And so they now, um, last I saw, uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram um, will suspend you if you just post the warning label that comes with a vaccine at a pharmacy. And Adam Schiff apparently was the spearheader of that when he went around and demanded that. And it's also the only product I can think of where you're not allowed to leave a bad review. They are censoring anybody talking about what happened to them or their children because of a vaccine. <clears throat> and that's really is government censorship. If uh, they're telling I mean, big yeah, tech what to do. Anytime you're yeah. suppressing okay. information, it's I'm just... sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's just a, it's just not a good situation. I mean, they, they've also made it illegal to sue over these things, which is, or they're trying to at the yeah, very no, least. Yeah, they're immune from lawsuits. Have been for decades since Ronald Reagan, um, and that's when the, that's when it went from three a month that you were recommended to, all the way up to seventy, however many it is of now. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's old. Uh, I wish I would have pulled it. There's old like. Um, marketing meetings it's like Merck I think it was and a couple other pharmaceutical companies from like the early 2000s and they're all basically talking about how their profits are going to skyrocket if they can get legislation passed to force vaccines and uh yeah they can't get sued they really don't have to do any safety testing so it's the perfect racket real quick just to put this into the into the show this is the official 42 US code 300 AA22 standards of responsibility this is the that is the name of the bill that allows vaccines to not be sued over yeah and, and yeah okay and then, then part b number one no vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in a civil action for damages arising from a vaccine related injury or death mm -hmm. and that was enacted on october 1st 1988 yes yeah, so reagan and George Old yeah. W, Old W was involved in that one. I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that stinks in, the high heavens right there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, the more you and this is just barely scratching the surface, and the more you dig into this stuff, the more you're like, 
I don't know. It's just it, the conversation just can't be had. And even on social media now, they're just banning uh, the, the movie Vaxxed used to be for sale on uh, Amazon, uh, the DVD or the digital that's gone. Um, it's got it's been banned from Vimeo. Um, and you know that the first place that I noticed it was banned from was Microsoft Xbox video, which is interesting because it's Bill. He was ahead of the curve on shutting that down, I guess. Oh, and I said to Adam Schiff, you know these companies are greedy companies. You know they're homicidal. Any Democrat will tell you that. But the four companies that produce all 72 of the vaccines that are now mandated for American children, every one of them is a convicted felon. Since 2009, those four companies collectively have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties and damages and fines for defrauding regulators, for falsifying science, for bribing doctors, for lying to the public, and for killing lots and lots of people. Vioxx alone, it was a Merck knew that it would cause heart attack, but it sold it as a headache pill. And it didn't tell the people you're gonna you're, you won't have a headache, but you might have a heart attack. <laughs> and of course, if they told them that, not too many people would have bought it. That's right. So they decided to keep it secret, and they killed 120,000 people minimum, probably 500,000 people. So that company that did that and was convicted and basically got the equivalent of a slap on the wrist, kind of like when H and R Block got caught laundering drug money. They're the same ones that make a good chunk of our vaccines, which they don't have to do safety testing on, and they're immune from lawsuit. Wow. Oh, I said to Adam Schiff, what in the world, what kind of cognitive dissonance does it require to understand that this company is lying and cheating and killing with every other medical product and pharmaceutical product that it makes? But it has found Jesus when it comes to vaccines, and it's not going to lie about that. I'm just going to keep banging through these uh, just to try to get through them. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah, Adam Schiff is a total piece of shit. True. We can't sue a vaccine company. That's why we had this gold rush and explosion of vaccines beginning in 1989. And so they have no incentive to make that product safe other than their moral scruples, which we know they do not have. So, and most people do not know that the vaccine companies have an even more important exemption. They are exempt from safety testing their products. Yeah, and that's where it gets real nefarious to me. Uh, the argument to play devil's advocate is in case of a, um, you know, in case of an emergency, they have to have a way to just rush something through and get it to people. In case of a situation like we're in right now, like a pandemic or something like that. Yeah, but maybe. they do it. They, if you should, the law should not be that loose to where you just don't have to safety test anything because of that, which is how it is. Um, which law is this exactly? Just say. Uh, about the safety testing, because I'm looking at the one I was talking about. Uh, 
the civil damages arising from the death or injury. Yeah. Are you what are you uh, using, associated using with the administration? But what are you using Bing? I uh, use Google and I am at law.cornell.edu. Uh, I'd have to. Uh, I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. Um, cool, 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 cool. We'll see what happens on that. Um, but he, I think he elaborates on it more, so maybe he'll mention an exact law we can look up. Awesome. None of them have been tested. Not one of the 72 vaccines currently on the schedule, mandated for our children, has ever been tested against a placebo. That means that nobody can scientifically tell you what the risk profile of that product is. Nobody can tell you that that product is going to save more lives than it can take with any scientific basis whatsoever. And how can we, as a society, as a government, as a democratic party, be mandating products for our children when we cannot tell them what the risk is of that product? Now, all of the vaccines on the schedule and every medical product are required to put their whatever safety tests they do. And many of them say not one has ever used a placebo, but some of them do safety testing anyway. Maybe like the polio vaccine. For so, yeah, what's what's up with that? Not one of the vaccines that on seems the schedule like has got, had a placebo test? That just seems wrong. That's abs- If that's true, that's absolutely wrong. Yeah. That is the absolute, like, that's terrible that you could just put something out there without placebo testing it at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, he's a lawyer, and he uh, he goes on, he actually sued Merck, the MMR vaccine uh, maker. And I just don't understand how they get away with all that. I mean, I actually, I do. I really don't because even Because they just to go yell, over if it. you try to bring it up, they do what they do to RFK Jr. and just yell anti-vaxxer to where yeah. some of his family won't back, even talk to him anymore because he's an anti-vaxxer. bribes with politicians, yeah. getting things passed, you know. It's the same reason the CIA like made conspiracy theorists popular after the Kennedy assassination, just to ostracize anybody that was questioning. Right. Forty-eight hours. Exactly. It's the hepatitis B vaccine that's been given to every child in this country the day they're born. Five days. That means if that baby dies on day six, it never happened. If the baby gets a seizure on day six, it never happened. If the baby gets food allergies that are diagnosed three years later, or autism or autoimmune disease, it never happened. That way they can say that they're safe. The weird thing was, was there was one vaccine, the MMR, the vaccine that all of this hoopla is about, that was the only vaccine that has no safety testing listed on its insert. Hmm, they- they did not mention that when they were hyping that up in the news for six months, trying to get everybody to get their measles MMR vaccine. Mm. And for many years, Dell and I have been saying, that's weird. <laughs> did, they not, did they not do any? Or what happened? So we sued HHS. <laughs> So he uh, he won the discovery in the lawsuit and the MMR, the what little safety testing they did that they had not disclosed to the public, they were forced to release when RFK Jr. beat him in court. 
is there any safety testing for the MMRs? Oh, three weeks ago, they gave us the safety testing. There were 800 kids. Normally, you have you have 20,000 kids in one of these, 20,000 subjects. There's 800 in eight separate tests for 100 each for, for a drug that they are going to give to billions of people. And 50, and the, the testing lasted only 42 days. But 50% of the kids who were involved in that study had gastrointestinal illnesses, serious ones, some of them for the full 42 days. 50% had respiratory illnesses, some of them for 42 days. This is a product that is worse according to its own records than the illness that it's pretending to prevent. At a certain point, and I got a couple more, but at a certain point with it just gets hard to, and especially with stuff, Bill Gates saying things that he should really know better. It was talking about vaccines lowering. The, it just, like, at a certain point, it looks like vaccines have been hijacked by eugenicists, which is a paranoid view way to look at it. You could just say, like, they don't give a shit because they don't have to do any safety testing or they can't get sued. But when you see who's pushing it, and it's always people that want to lower the population, pushing vaccines the hardest and funding it. Uh it's a conflict of interest, I think. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. reason they call you anti-vaxxers and me an anti-vaxxer is it's a way of shutting us up so that they don't have to debate these very, very serious issues about vaccine safety. Correct. So they don't have to debate the science. Yeah. And they bought off the press. Yeah. They have they put $25 billion a year into advertising. We're the only nation in the world, other than New Zealand, that allows pharmaceutical advertising on television or anywhere. Get them and they have been able to hide our press in this country. So they're not only selling ad or drugs to us, but they're also dictating content. So you see all, they're telling us now that they're going to censor Facebook because they don't want to get they want to get rid of misinformation about vaccines. Yeah, right. But we're just talking about science. We're giving them peer review. You will never hear okay, peer okay. reviews from the vaccine let, let me ask you to stop. What just you'll just hear is yeah. appeals to authority. That was the end. All right. All right. Well, man, first of all, I mean, I'll just come out. I'll just come out and say it. Most of what this guy is saying is PR. 100%. This is virtue signaling to his crowd. I'm not saying he's wrong about everything well, he's, he's saying. He I do agree with him with a good portion of what he's saying, but there's a lot of this that is solely PR to his crowd. Well, he's a That's Kennedy. all it is. He's a Kennedy. I mean, he's going to try to appeal to emotions and work the crowd. Um, but that exactly. doesn't mean he's That's not doing Kennedy. good work. That's how JFK won his presidency, too, because he was able to appeal to the masses. He was able to appeal to the common man. Yeah, but he's still, he's still this like dude one is not an authority on any of this stuff. He simply is a, a mouthpiece for it. Well, he's a well, hell of what's a lawyer. He's saying that's incorrect, though. He's, he's a hell of a lawyer, and he won that lawsuit against HHS and Merck. And I mean, because of him, we now know about more, way more than we knew about the MMR, and we have access to what little studies they did. To me, I feel like this and is that basic. kind of stuff of what he's saying about transparency of information 
is great. I think that's amazing. That should be something. Everything should have transparency of information, especially when it comes to medical or pharmaceutical stuff. However, a lot of what he's saying is literally just appealing to the crowd. Yeah. I mean, I guess anybody, it's, any spokesman he's, is going to do going that. He's going towards it's, it's pandering in the same way Bill Gates did it, but in the other direction. Anti-authority. To be pandering, honest, I have no, I, I, I have no problems with that whatsoever because this is just a way of speaking. I it mean, this seemed, is just a way of public speaking. If you're not, if you're not trying to appeal to your audience at all, then you're going to be boring yeah. as shit, and that's why I Bill do. Gates is annoying as shit to right. listen to. But, but you my, shouldn't just say things in order. Well, but, but, but the like, thing is, he's there's not several saying, things he's in not there saying like, anything yeah, absurd. Pandering. No, the point he's making is just that we should have safety testing, and this seems basic, simple, logical, straightforward. Stop right there. Okay, yes, we should have safety testing. Let's move the fuck on. But we can't. Like it's it, because there's this massive ideological battle around it. Also, you know. I think you can make the argument that anybody, you could say any anybody that's doing any public speaking, you could say is pandering to their crowd. Of course. Or, or, yeah. or like, you know. You're um, absolutely right. But to me, this is a very, to me, this is one of the things that I think that we really have touched on that we haven't really talked about it um, in this episode so far, is that there's this contrast. You have the people on the Bill Gates side, who believes science is the know-all, end-all, that if you just solely believe in the science, you have what's you, – you can completely do it, but then you end up with things like death panels and people <laughs> deciding who lives and dies. And then if you go the other direction, which RFK would be the mouthpiece and the figurehead for the other direction, well, where you have people who want to question things. They want to question the safety aspects of it. They want to make sure that there aren't laws in place that benefit the companies over the people. And that's great. But then you have the whole other side of it where it's like we should not just question everything. You should question everything. But the people that are over here that just deny things, even if there is on the other side some information, but because it's associated with the far side of the opposing side, they will have nothing to do with it. And so you have yeah. a divide. You have a divide of people, and this is part of the divide. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's important to not get lost though, in the ideology of a side. But, it's important to have no ulterior motive, no agenda. It's important to have no predisposed position and to keep your mind open and logical. Yeah. I would which, agree with that. Which but is the side, say, the side that's burying and destroying and like having to be sued just to release the science and safety studies is the pro vaccine pharmaceutical company side. There's and they're the pro censorship yeah. side. The 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 quote and they're the ones with power. Side. They're the ones yeah. with the majority of the power and the money and the resources. And so the other side has to fight twice as hard in order to get in there. But just yeah. because they have power and money and resources doesn't mean that the other side can't see through it and come to a logical conclusion. And just because the people that are associated with the power and money, they can't come to logical conclusions. It comes down to the common people, the majority of people, the 99% of people to realize the difference between the two sides. Yeah. Well, and most, um, the vaccine issue, like most of the people that are like really involved and you can tell by like a lot of the moms in that audience that RFK Jr. is talking to is like, they, um, I guess if you want to really be um, skeptical, you could say they at least fully believe 
that the reason their child is like permanently brain damaged or died or whatever is because of that vaccine. And so it's like, it's not really an ulterior motive. Um, I just oh, don't... no, you're absolutely right. No, there's no ulterior motive for those parents because they believe that's what happened. It could yeah. have been. It may have been. I'm not discrediting them for believing that. But what they are is in a very polarized position. I'm not saying I agree with them or disagree with them. I'm saying that they're a very polarized position. But you, and you have that, to take that with a grain of salt. You would agree that government of elected officials who are in the back pocket of pharmaceutical companies shouldn't be going around telling big tech to kick anybody off who talks about what their personal vaccine stories. Absolutely. I don't think politicians should be in the pocket of anybody, especially big pharma, because that is the group of people that directly affects people's health. They literally create things to make people either better or whatever else, either cure them of things or alleviate them of whatever symptoms that they have. They there should be no connection money wise in effect of the politician benefiting from saying something from a company like that. That is awful. That is evil. That is directly a conflict yeah. interest because yeah, you shutting down are any a public servant at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? It almost seems illegal when the government's having people shut down speech. But uh, anyway, I'm going to have to burn through these quick or we're going to be here till midnight. I'm almost I'm at the last the chunk. Here. Will not subpoena or question Bill Thompson, the chief scientist at CDC who says we've been lying to you for all these years. We've been, we've been destroying data and they won't call him in and question him. They have been able to disable the regulatory agencies through capture, which those agencies are now sock puppets for the industry that they're supposed to regulate. They've been able to neutralize the lawyers by making it illegal to sue a vaccine company. So the lawyers and the courts are gone. They've been able to neutralize the press and avoid all the press scrutiny. And now they're neutralizing the internet. They're shutting no, us out they won't. so they that won't we out. cannot oh speak, so that nobody has to listen to the truth, so that nobody has to read the peer-reviewed science, so nobody has to listen to the questions. So he mentioned Bill Thompson, and that was um, that whole big to do in, in Congress in the height of the vaccine autism thing. Uh, Bill Thompson was like the chief scientist at the CDC. And, you know, like he admitted that he was uh, instructed to just destroy documents. Um, I think one of the quotes that came out in court in Congress, not in, in Congress, not in court, was uh, one of the scientists saying they're going to hang us all if they uh, find out. Uh, there's quotes from them about not ever vaccinating their kids or grandkids. Like, I wouldn't do it. And these are the CDC <laughs> chief scientists. So, and Bill Thompson never got to go in and actually testify because the whole thing got shut down, even though he wanted to go in and testify against the CDC. Uh, they wouldn't let him. And then he's had some weird stuff happen to him. But anyway. Um, My phone rings. So, yeah, this is a trailer for the movie Vaxxed that has been recently banned from pretty much all the stuff. I think it might be, still be on Apple for some reason. But yeah, uh, the, a good chunk of this movie is Bill Thompson on the phone not knowing he's being recorded. Uh, they were recording him, and he was head of the CDC at the time. It's really crazy. And then, like, because he's trying to give this guy information about the autism link and vaccines, and uh, he starts getting paranoid later on. Um, it's really, uh, 
it covers that and then it covers some of the science and it really just covers like personal stories from tons of different parents that were all like within a few days of the vaccine their kids didn't know how to like walk or talk anymore and some of them are like that still you know a decade later um it's, i'll be honest um you guys have known me for longer than you've not known me right mm-hmm. do i get emotional mm-hmm. very often not really dude i was freaking heart i like i was by the end of that i was like literally crying it was like it pissed me off and it was super sad but it's worth looking into but anyway this is the trailer for that my phone rings and it's dr william thompson you and i don't know each other very well you have a son with autism and i have great shame now there's a whistleblower from the cdc who's going to come out and say that the cdc had committed fraud on the mmr study and that they knew that vaccines were actually causing autism my oldest son ian was walking and running after the vaccine he was no longer able to do that so i called the clinic and i said i think my child's had adverse reaction to those shots and then came the headband constant banging against anything that he could find. Right now, I'm sitting in a very pretty position in terms of providing you a lot of information. The first thing that Thompson did was to plot a graph. Now, if there's no link between early MMR and autism, those two lines should track together. Now, they do track together until they get to 15 months. Then they separate and they continue to separate thereafter. Sorry to pause again, but that's another point RFK Jr. brought up is like the safety testing that they're doing is only like a week or two out and if there's no side effects by then then they say it's fine but the point this guy's making is like you look at the overall graph it's things like this usually unless you like really got messed up aren't gonna just appear overnight okay okay real quick real quick yes how have they gotten these long-term statistics um i'd have to look at it again uh because i'm just listening to the audio and i don't see the graph but um the -hmm. biggest the The reason i say that is because you just said that they only track it from the first couple of weeks right so how were they able to determine the long-term statistics safety studies it's two different people it's um it's like causation isn't necessarily correlation isn't necessarily causation you could say they get into a lot more. I mean, this is just a trailer, so it's not going to be like super in depth on anything. Um, but the okay. main s- selling point, besides just like seeing literal living examples of it, um, the the main convincer for me was Bill Thompson, who was chief CDC scientist at the time, and you know he's on the phone saying that black boys are like three point three times three point three one times more likely to get autism from the MMR vaccine. And uh, he's like Bill Thompson's given this guy pa- like CDC paperwork uh, that wasn't getting destroyed. And when the guy brings it up to Bill Thompson on the phone, Bill Thompson doesn't know he's being recorded. He brings up the autism uh, is, link. Is Bill Thompson in this? Yes. In this he's, clip you were just playing? Oh, not that's not him. He's um, he's being recorded on the phone unknowingly for most of the movie. Um, oh, okay. He's the chief CDC scientist. So this guy asks him like in this paperwork, he's like, you know, this shows right here, black. Boys are three times, 3.31, I think is the number, times more likely to get autism um, if they've had the MMR and 3.3 times more likely than like, you know, any other race. And uh, okay, Bill Thompson, chief scientist of the CDC, when he says that on the phone, Bill Thompson goes, oh, you found it. Like that statistic. And it's like, oh, God. 
But uh, yeah, it's hmm. anyway. And they sliced and diced the data in an effort to get rid of that effect. The relative risk of receiving an autism diagnosis was astronomical. Wow. The CDC had known all along there was this MMR autism risk. In CDC's judgment, the best public policy is to continue vaccination unchanged. You who run our health agencies in this country, you have an obligation to make sure that these studies are complete, thorough, so that we have all the facts. It was cool if you go back and watch the, those congressional hearings where they were just grilling the head of Merck and uh, a bunch of other like vaccine manufacturers. There's like a couple of Southern congressmen that were just pissed because uh, like I think one of them had a granddaughter that like uh, got diagnosed with autism shortly after her like big dose of vaccinations, like where they give you a bunch at once. Um, what age was she given that? <clears throat> I don't have it pulled up in front of me. You can actually, it's probably still in the C-SPAN archives, that whole couple days of debate. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty, oh there's some of the clips from that that are insane because, like, I think it's the head of Merck, or at least their lawyer, is basically, uh, and they grilled some CDC people too, but it's just, like, they're basically doing what Bill Gates is doing, the same technique. It's like, well, we don't need safety studies for this, like, and just giving a bunch of BS reasons that really aren't believable. Uh, it's just... I don't know. The whole thing is weird. I'm sure you can find some highlights on uh, BitChute. <laughs> I was going to say YouTube. BitChute, maybe. Not believe we did what we did. Um, but we did. Omission of crucial data. Destruction of documents. Misleading the Congress. Grievous harm to innocent children. Everything I've been telling my patients for the last 10 years has been based on a lie and a cover-up. Parents should be able to count on federal agencies to tell them the truth. In 1978, the prevalence of autism was about 1 in 15,000 children. If we assume that things are going to continue as they have, we can predict that by 2032, 80% of the boys born will end up on the autism spectrum. <laughs> okay, so I get that, that if it kept going up at the same rate, that tracks... But it just I just couldn't help but think of that statistic like the world's population will be up to 50 billion. It's like just <laughs> an 80 percent. I don't I can't imagine in uh, however many years she said 50 years, it'll be 80 percent of boys with autism. That's I don't buy yeah, that. Yeah. And when did autism become a term? That's an extreme extrapolation. Well, it's. um. I don't think anybody. What? No, it is not. No, autism. Not. If you have zero people that are autistic because autism hasn't been in. The second you have one, you have an infinite number more people that have autism than before when you came up with that term. Yeah, but it's in the last uh, 20 years just kept going up at a steady rate. I mean, you could, I mean, the argument is always, well, how do we know that they just weren't diagnosing as much back then? It's like, yeah, I get it. But it's, this is an irregularity. It might not have anything to do with vaccines, but it's autism was not this common, not even close. All right. Half the children, 80% of the boys. It's a vast number of children who are being diagnosed with autism every day. This is going to be a complete catastrophe if we just let it happen. So, ominous music. Um, yeah. There, there could be all kinds of different factors that would be causing that, like environmental factors, you know, um, 
lack of nutrition overall. We're not eating like we humans don't eat like we used to. Our food's all processed. Um, you know, water pollution. Who knows? Like air pollution. It could be anything. Um, but I don't know. I've seen enough like firsthand stories that at least the parents of most of this always end up coming to the conclusion that it was the vaccine. But they may be wrong. <clears throat> Either way, we need to safety test them. Agreed. Absolutely. Testing, more taste, testing is never a bad thing. You always want to make yeah, sure the product you're putting out there, regardless of what it is, is top quality, especially if it's going to go in a person's body. Yeah. Um, I'll agree with that all day long. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's just too many, too many red flags uh, for me personally. Uh, but yeah, I think we're all on the same page. It shouldn't be forced and it should be studied for against the placebo. Be nice. I think that's really all anybody's asking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. What happened? The central fundamental plank of the Democratic Party. My body, my choice. So, you know, RFK Jr. recently been more outspoken than ever about vaccines, going after Bill Gates, going after Big Pharma, and uh, don't cross Bill Gates, man. Robert F. Kennedy's eight-year-old great-grandson has been found dead in the water off Maryland. Gideon and his mother, Maeve Kennedy McKean, both went missing last Thursday in a canoe in Chesapeake Bay. Her body was found on Monday. Gideon's was found this afternoon about 2,000 feet away. Wow. So that was uh, seven, seven days ago they found the bodies, I guess, or six days ago, something like that. Uh, do you buy that story? I mean, it's even a running joke on no agenda. It's like stay away from, <laughs> stay away from hot tubs, small aircraft, and canoeing in D.C. And then what happens to the Kennedy's niece and kid? Canoeing in D.C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Well, I'm sorry, I I zoned out for one second. Not to interrupt you, Noah. I'm sorry. They were canoeing. Yeah, they both. And this died was like canoeing. less than a week ago. Yes. Wow. Okay. Just real quick, and this is totally just woo-woo side tangent here. I was watching the Manchurian Candidate, the new one. Denzel. With, uh, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. Denzel. Were they drowned? Yeah. And when uh, John Voight mm -hmm. gets drowned in the canoe. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. No. It's um, canoeing Whoa. in D.C. is like a. It's there's a reason that was put in that movie. That wasn't an accident. People always conveniently the ones that are you know kind of being a little annoying to the true power <laughs> they uh, they always end up canoeing dead near dc or in dc uh just like that movie and it's i mean i don't know it's almost like they just like <laughs> kill them and like throw them in a boat and you know uh but let me well we'll we'll see how this the news uh see if you buy the news's explanation for their death mave kennedy townsend mckean's cause of death has been revealed just days after Robert F. Kennedy's granddaughter and her eight-year-old son, Gideon, disappeared in an apparent canoeing accident, a spokesman for the Maryland chief medical examiner has reportedly confirmed the mom of three passed away from accidental drowning. Accidental drowning? They made sure... Mm. <laughs> it's like, as opposed to on-purpose drowning, they made sure to clarify it was accidental drowning. Um, <laughs> Tell if I've ever heard one. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I've been on a kayak in like really choppy windy water almost like a storm i just like it's i just don't see any scenario unless you're way out on the ocean where you're gonna somehow both two people are gonna fall out of a canoe and freaking drown and be their bodies are missing for eight days or however long it was it's like what 
I don't know, man. You buy that? No. I mean, when you have two people, it kind of stabilizes the thing, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I don't know what happened, but it's the time. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just too perfect. Yeah, that's very out. suspicious. In the height of this uh, Robert Kennedy pushing back and calling out Bill Gates for forced vaccination, global ID, and uh, pushing back against, yeah. like, it's I just... I mean, really... Oh, sorry, not to interrupt you, Chris, but really, I mean, after the, all the Epstein stuff, I have, like, any explanation that somebody gives me about, like, a, a person of power's death, I'm pretty much going to buy into at least a little bit, at least give it, a like, yeah. some baby legs in I, my mind. I have no evidence for this, but uh, I actually... um. It came up with Pat Militich because he was talking about, yeah, the poor Kennedy family. And then I asked him something like, do you think that's because uh, RFK Jr., like his family dropping off because he's going pushing against vaccines? And he was like, he seemed to think that was the only logical reason if they were getting killed. Uh, it could be. I mean, if there is like a vaccine mafia, I'm not going to say there is or isn't, but if there's like a oligarchy that's a better word than mafia oligarchy of vaccine producers creators companies whatever i mean if someone was pushing or pushing back against them and they were getting legs i mean Mm -hmm. if you've got unlimited money power resources why not push back in any way you can dude bill gates bill gates has like plenty of people that could take care of that for him where he never even have to know about it just have somebody else do it Allegedly. Oh, definitely. But they, you could like, go on a dark yeah. web and get a hitman for like five grand. Yeah, but like Bill Gates, the people that you don't like people on that level of power, you only have people in your inner circle that really know what you're up to that you trust. So and they would know you pretty well. So they would they wouldn't even have to tell you and you wouldn't have to tell them to do it. They would just automatically take care of it. I think. Does that make sense? I see that. It's like mafia shit. Yeah, it's uh, like if someone wants to stay in your good graces, they already know what you want them to do. Yeah, like... Uh, kind of thing. Have you guys watched House of Cards? Yeah. You know Doug? Like the oh, yeah. assistant to, um, to Kevin Spacey? It's like that, where it's like Doug was basically like treated Kevin Spacey when he was president and before like a god. So And he knows him well enough to where it's like Kevin Spacey isn't going to have to ask Doug to go kill someone or threaten someone, Doug's just going to do it because he is that close to the president. So that's what I meant. Anyway, I don't know why I got off on that tension. But yeah. Her husband, David McKean, shared in an emotional Facebook post on April 3rd that 40-year-old Maeve Ann Gideon had paddled out into a sheltered cove near her mother's home on Chesapeake Bay the previous day to fetch a ball they'd been playing with after it was kicked into the water. Huh? They took the canoe out. To go get a ball that got kicked into the water when missing mm. for days. I just don't buy that. The ball is what really was like went. They took the canoe out to go get a ball that got kicked in the water and immediately just got swept away in the current and just dr- both drowned. And we're, it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah, that definitely doesn't sound 100% kosher. That sounds kind of like. We got to say something on the 10 o'clock news tonight because a famous person died. So we're going to say they were chasing a ball in the water. Does this sound good? Yeah. Let me restart this because it's also kind of weird if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, RFK Jr.'s niece that died, her husband, like, kind of just immediately makes a Facebook post assuming they're dead. 
Her husband, David McKean, shared in an emotional Facebook post on April 3rd that 40-year-old Maeve Ann Gideon had paddled out into a sheltered cove near her mother's home on Chesapeake Bay the previous day to fetch a ball they'd been playing with after it was kicked into the water. David explained that the pair somehow got swept into the open bay where the water was considerably choppier. Winds in the area had reached a reported 40 miles per hour that day. Local authorities, along with the United States Coast Guard, all participated in an exhaustive search. On April 6th, Maryland Natural Resources Police announced that Maeve's body had been found in 25 feet of water, two and a half miles from the canoe's starting point. Gideon's body was reportedly recovered on April 8th, 2,000 feet from where police found his late mother. Maeve and David were also parents to seven-year-old daughter Gabriella and two-year-old son Toby. As of Wednesday afternoon, the grieving father had not shared further remarks, but honored his late wife and son with kind words in his original public post on the matter, calling Maeve his best friend, soulmate, and the brightest light he's ever known. The sad development marks the latest in a string of tragic events for the famed political dynasty. RFK and his brother, President John F. Kennedy, were assassinated nearly five years apart in the 1960s. Three decades later, JFK's son, John F. Kennedy Jr., died alongside his wife, Carolyn Bissett, and her sister, Lauren, when the plane he was piloting crashed near Martha's Vineyard. Stay away from the small aviation. And just last year, Maeve's cousin, Saoirse Kennedy Hill, was found dead at the family's compound in Hyannisport, Massachusetts. She was just 22 years old. Yeah, so not a lot of, I mean, it's not enough to go on one way or the other, but I do find it all very fishy. You uh, too, man. But yeah, I can't prove it one way or the other. And I'm not sure, I don't even have a definite hunch, I'll be honest. We were talking about how effectively people get shut up, almost just from a, you were talking about Joe self-censoring just because he knows the implications of not being able to talk about certain things. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's really where the divide comes in, is people like someone like Joe Rogan, who's in the public eye. Anybody that's like that, that's in the public eye, they can't talk about any aspect of vaccine denial. Not Unless just the science, not any of that kind of stuff. They can't talk about any aspect of it without being labeled that. I'm surprised Bill Maher, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but I'm surprised Bill Maher had RFK Jr. on. I think it's just because well, he's he always trying liked to his paint work. him in a negative light the entire time anyway. Well, he's, I mean, maybe the vaccine argument, but I mean, Bill Maher is, I mean, RFK Jr., before he got in his vaccine thing and got totally smeared by the media, was like, universally loved even by right-wingers because he like was a legit environmental activist that was actually not worried about carbon emissions but was actually like like he was taking on companies that were you know killing people so with all kinds of different pollutions and stuff and polluting rivers and that's like he's i mean he was like widely respected and liked until this whole vaccine thing but anyways so yeah uh but if you think about who else like either just completely uh, gave up on the issue and stopped talking about it or just got shamed so hard that they stopped talking about it. Like, if you think about, like, Jim Carrey would tweet all kinds of stuff about vaccine and autism, and he just got shouted down so much that he all he does is talk bad about Trump now, which is ironic because Trump was the only president we've had saying vaccines, we need to look into it. And then, I mean, even Trump, apparently Bill Gates just shut that down. Uh <laughs> It's just, and that goes to show the cancel culture that we have now. Anybody that doesn't toe exact lines, and by lines, I mean the talking points that advertisers have handed down. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. That's really what people are talking about in the mainstream media. Yeah. I can tell you today, having been in clinical practice for over 30 years, that the children I see today are 
sicker than they were when I was a resident. Actor Robert De Niro has reversed course in a highly controversial documentary film. His prestigious Tribeca Film Festival will no longer feature a film called Vaxxed. They'd never confronted anything like this before. They'd never had to deal with a film like this, and they censored it. And the censorship caused it to explode. De Niro initially defended the decision to screen the film at Tribeca. But after mountain pressure over the weekend, the decision was made to cancel the screening. So even De Niro just got put in his place for even daring to screen that film at his film festival. Like he defended it first. He kind of like when uh, like when an NBA player like talks shit and then they have to go and like basically have a hold of press conference and apologize in front of all the report like cameras. It's like De Niro had to like do a press tour and talk about why he had to ban the film that he initially defended screening. Vaxxed. It's just like. Yeah, that's pretty gross that they would essentially pressure him into not screening a film he wanted to that shows that they have stifled an artist creativity like he's an artist first and foremost right well he like, yeah he was as just, an actor yeah it's not his movie but he was just uh he he was screening it at his film festival tribeca's pretty big film festival yeah but if it's his film festival and they're telling him he can't screen it then that's well, definitely then stifling his can, creative spirit they can make that hollywood money go away man but yeah, it's not just like people in the public eye, like RFK Jr. was saying, like nothing is really as heavily censored on social media than vaccine talk. Like anti-vax stuff is just gone. You just don't see it anymore. Uh, especially, yeah, that's like the strictest thing they have. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. De Niro initially defended the decision to screen the film at Tribeca. But after mountain pressure over the weekend, the decision was made to cancel the screening. Getting a bus of some kind to travel on the ground, to be with the people, was the way to go forward. What we found out very quickly was that parents wanted to tell their story. There was lines of people. All they wanted to do was talk about the injury that happened to them. All he wanted to do was go in his room and sit on his bed and bang his head against the wall. When we set out on the road to record stories, we were in for much more than we bargained for. We were about to have an education that you just couldn't buy. This is just the biggest lie ever told. So the Vax 2 is what this is trailed for, and they mainly focus on literally, they take a, a tour bus and just go around the country and interview parents. And it's just like, you know, thousands of parents in all the states they go to all like lined up around, all have personal stories about like, you know, their kid just being permanently messed up. Uh, and it's really depressing, but it's like at a certain point, you're just like, these people aren't all lying. It's sad, but it's also like worth, it's just a, it's a reality check too. <laughs> know how fortunate we have it. Nobody in their right mind would ever take this vaccine if they, if they actually read the clinical literature. This has actually been proven that these vaccines cause cardiovascular instability in these infants. It causes death, and they admit it. Those injured families, you have to appreciate what you've done. Sharing your stories online, sharing your stories on the vast bus has grown a movement. After his 12-month vaccines, he lost eye contact. Like an idiot, I went back for his 15-month vaccines, and he completely stopped talking. He couldn't crawl anymore or talk anymore. He couldn't eat anymore, he couldn't swallow. Screaming, and you could tell they were in so much pain. Now he has seizures, he's almost died on me several times. It was the people's story. 
That story is the same over and over and over again. So sorry for the bummer there, but uh, I just wanted to hit it home that like these people are like they're not they're not just uh, full of shit, whether they're right or not. I mean, this is like there's a lot of people that have had the exact same thing happen, and uh, they just get called Chris, like crazy. Chris, you're absolutely right. And I mean, any of the things that I've said so far in the show, I'm not trying to take away from anybody that has a legitimate claim that vaccines hurt their hurt themselves, hurt their children, hurt their families. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything that I've said to take away from them. No, no, I just, no, I'm not saying they clearly have claims. Yeah, they have living proof of it. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's what's really sad is like of all the people of all the groups of people that like would be under this umbrella of like, you know, fringe or conspiracy theory. Like that's the, the, the parents of da- of like permanently vaccine damaged children are like the saddest one because it's like, they basically just get shouted down, censored and treated like kooks. And, uh, while still having to like, you know, basically they lost their child. Can't talk. Yeah. Like basically taking grown, taking care of a full grown baby for the next 40 years. It's, it's pretty messed up. Exactly. I completely agree with that. And once again, just to reiterate, anything that I said is not to take away from anybody's personal turmoils with anything that's happened, especially the vaccine related ones. Right. It's just to present both sides of the argument and have as clear and yeah, concise no, I, and as a non-opinionated argument. That's what I want yeah. to bring forth. No, yeah, no, I get you. Uh, yeah, you're all good. I, I, uh, I didn't want to play a bummer clip like that, but it was also, I felt like it was, I feel like it was kind of important just to give you a small taste because it's like endless, endless, endless. It's hard to watch, but yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, there's I totally all, understand. all people having the exact same story, the exact same symptoms, like moaning and banging head into the wall that never happened before their you know, 12 or 15 month. Anyway, um, so let's finally full circle, go back to a happier topic. Bill Gates. Here's Bill Gates. He goes onto a Chinese television show to address conspiracy theories about him and his vaccines. And he still finds time to praise globalism. Subtitles are on the YouTube version, but the guy's basically asking, like, what's his response to all these conspiracy theories about him and the virus and him and you know, his vaccines, blah, blah, blah. I'd say it's an ironic if you take somebody who's doing their best to get the world ready and, you know, putting, in my case, uh, billions of dollars into these tools for infectious diseases and really trying to solve broadly infectious diseases, including those that uh, can cause pandemics. But that, you know, we're in a crazy situation, so there's going to be crazy rumors. I hope, whether it's individuals or countries, then in some ways this shows us how interdependent we are. That to stop a, a global pandemic, we need to find whoever's the best, whatever the best vaccine construct are, the best drugs, and we need to make it without just focusing on one country. We need to make it for the entire world, including for countries that don't have the resources to pay for vaccine research or vaccine factories, you know, they're actually, uh, in many ways, should be the priority for what we do. So, you know, I, I 
you know, there's lots of attacks out there. In general, uh, people have been very positive. <laughs> the most non-answer I've ever heard. Like, well. And why is he going on China? I mean, I guess he's a global, he's a man of the globe. He's a global citizen. But why is he going on Chinese news stations? I think Bill Gates might be one of the most boring people to listen to speak. I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. His voice is just grating. It's just like, yeah. and I, oh, like it breaks. Like, it's just like, and he, he was like that in the, you know, 80s too. He's just always been like a nerd. <laughs> okay, so now that you actually brought this up earlier, but I did, I did, I was setting it up to bring us to here. We won't spend too much time on it, but yeah, Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein, real close buds, funded biotech research together. We're hanging out a lot together. Bill Gates denied that for a while. This is from ABC News. It's old, but um, you'll you'll see why I think this is just crazy. The price of admission is a billion dollars and a philanthropic heart, and that meets the pricey requirements recently held in a secret meeting, a private meeting in New York City. ABC's John Berman has the scoop on who was there and what was going on. Can you guys guess who was there? Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was there. Um, ABC News left out that part, but there was a, it's, you know, a bunch of billionaires. Any other guesses, Caleb? Anybody? Uh, Captain Crunch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Close. Behind closed doors on this New York campus, a secret gathering of some of the world's most powerful people. Gates, Buffett, Bloomberg, Winfrey. It was like, well, it was like the Super Friends. In the Great Hall of the Justice League. There are assembled the world's four greatest heroes. Together with others at the meeting, including George Soros, Ted Turner, David Rockefeller, they're worth more than $125 billion. To have been in the room and, and see this meeting of the minds really would have been a fascinating thing. I love how Oprah's in there with all the other eugenicists. Hilarious. That much money, that much power around one table. It begs the question, what were they doing? What were they scheming? Total world domination? This group, together for six hours, was talking about charity, education, emergency relief, global health. All my friends are philanthropic. Well, they probably wouldn't be my friends. An official at the Gates Foundation told ABCNews.com the overwhelming reason for the meeting was need. That was the issue that galvanized everyone to participate. Together, they've given away $70 billion since 1996. And with the sagging economy, their help could be just what struggling charities need. The new Superman and Wonder Woman. The super rich friends. Not fighting bad guys, but fighting for good nonetheless. For Good Morning America, John Berman, ABC News, New York. So that was uh, some PR right there. What is that they say on native advertising? Would yeah, that be native, native advertising? Um... Maybe if they were wanting to get the word out that they were there, I think it'd be just, I think it was probably just good PR, get the message out that you guys are there doing something good at your secret meeting. I guess, like, uh, hey, but at your secret meeting. Yeah. So wouldn't that be a little like, like, like slight even said it was like... a secret meeting, but they like literally had their heads on like the super friends in that piece. Super weird. Oprah and Bloomberg and Gates and Epstein and the Rockefellers and Rothschilds. It's like, what the? I just Oprah's like, I always forget she's a billionaire. I bet Jay-Z probably will go to the next one. 
Jeffrey Epstein may be dead, but this story isn't. A shocking new report from the New York Times sheds light on the connection between Microsoft founder Bill Gates and the late Jeffrey Epstein. After Gates' name came up in connection with Epstein and MIT Media Lab, Gates gave a statement to the Wall Street Journal where he insisted he did not have any business relationship or friendship with Epstein. Gates gave a statement to the Wall Street Journal where he insisted he did not have any business relationship or friendship with Epstein. But new reporting from the New York Times outlines numerous meetings between Gates and Epstein and a conversation with Bill and Melinda Gates's foundation, a connection between their foundation and J.P. Morgan to set up a charitable fund that would financially benefit Epstein. So that's even MSNBC is acknowledging mm. that the Gates Foundation was helping out Epstein, giving a bunch of money. That's the tip of the iceberg on that. Uh. <laughs> the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. That only happens after the numbers have peaked and are going down a lot and getting down to an absolute level. Uh, you know, there are some good things happening. The work on a vaccine, although that probably will take 18 months, that's going full speed ahead. Our foundation is funding that. We're looking at getting vaccines to everyone in the world. You, you definitely see uh, the, the themes by now of what Bill Gates is really interested in. To dumb it down and make it sound less nefarious, he basically is just being like a, a nosy, he wants to be the nosy neighbor of the entire world. And like, just basically boss everybody around, uh, whether he's right or wrong, it's still authoritarian. <laughs> and you're right, Noah, his voice is so boring to listen to. Eventually, what we'll it. have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control, sadly. You want to completely block off the ability for those you know, people to go there and come back and move around. What does opening up look like? You know, which activities have, like schools, have such benefit and can be done in a way that the risk of transmission is very low? Yeah. And which activities, like mass gatherings, uh, may be, in a certain sense, more optional? And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. So no more mass gatherings. Until Bill we, Gates can <laughs> suck my meaty cock. Yeah, it's uh, uh totally agree. Yeah, man, he would uh, he'd like it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you can't until you get your microchip, your Microsoft microchip. Uh, yeah, so no more mass gatherings. Things aren't going to go back to normal at all. Bill Gates said so. And he's above apparently governments, God. apparently. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it seems like it's pretty clear what uh, what Bill Gates wants to do, and he's using a lot of excuses to implement that. I don't think he cares about any of the things he pretends to care about, and he even admits he just has too. He just talks too much. He runs his mouth so much that he admits things that are like maybe it's on purpose, but I don't know. I don't trust the guy. You think that's that what it is? You think it's a, the truth wants to come out situation? Yeah, like when he said, um, uh, what did he say? In the, one of the earlier clips we played, he said something. Oh, yeah. T uh, so that might kill 10 million excess people. 
And it's just like you could maybe I was reading into it too much, but it sounds like uh, he means there's 10 million too many people, two million excess people, instead of it would kill an excess of up to 10 million people. Well, apparently, once he thinks there's way more than 10 million excess people, so it yeah. doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a. I think um, I don't know. He's smiling so much that he might be just sneaking in just to just to give breadcrumbs to the people that already hate him. I don't know. I mean, Trump does the same thing in a just different to, way. Just to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's into some that weird way when stuff. When he looks sure. at it later, he can be like, Haha, I said that in front of everybody. Uh, I don't know. It's all very strange, but uh, yeah. It's, uh, from one of our earlier episodes, here's Pat Militich on vaccines. If you try to give me or my children or my wife a mandatory vaccine for coronavirus, I will, and I'm just saying it, I will dead out, I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Somebody needs to find Bill Gates, and I put in, in um, quotes, and vaccinate him. So I had this idea, and Pat, Pat's awesome. And he's... Uh, Oh, badass, but I had this idea in my head of like Pat getting Bill Gates and giving him a vaccine, and then like within seconds, all of a sudden, Bill Gates has his autism immediately, and then he looks into the camera. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, That's a great mental image. Okay, last clip. Adhar. Global bi biometric database to track all the citizens of the world. And so Bill Gates, once again, global citizen, he's on TV in India and he's defending it. Current debate that's on in India and globally as well around data. Now, you've been an advocate of Aadhaar. Uh, you've supported it, you've defended it. And I think that the questions arise not on, on uh, whether it's a good idea or not, but whether it should be made mandatory for every citizen, for every service possible, because it was envisaged as people accessing government subsidy uh, using the Aadhaar card to avoid duplication and leakages. Uh, the question then is that India today is still grappling with putting in place a privacy framework, a privacy regulation, a data protection regulation. Uh, in that context, then, does it make sense, even though the matter is in court today, to link Aadhaar to every possible service? Well, Aadhaar is just something that avoids you pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> See how I flipped that around? Yeah. It's not... It's not tracking your identity and putting you in a database. It's just something that keeps you from impersonating someone. It's like, okay. That, you know, you can have, uh, you know, fake people on the pay government payroll. Mm -hmm. Adhar, you know, prevents you being on that payroll as, as a ghost worker. It prevents you from collecting things that you shouldn't collect or accessing a health record you shouldn't have access to. So the basic Adhar mechanism mm. is an identity mechanism. And so it's too bad if somebody thinks that because Adhar is there, that in and of itself creates a privacy problem. The privacy issue is about the application, mm. okay? If you're using Adhar for your taxes or your benefits, uh, who has access yeah. to that information? The, you know, 
the idea that you have an identity, uh, wow, that's only, you know, only in some weird philosophical thing. That's not a, it's an arbitrary 12-digit number. It, it, it's the policies for mm. the application mm. who can see the land registry, uh, who can, you know, certainly things like voting privacy mm. or medical record privacy. It goes on for another 60 seconds, which I can just go ahead and skip it. Because I, I don't remember what was at the end. I He's making left a philosophical distinction. Yeah, uh, but didn't it seem like he was stumbling through that way more than usual? Well, because he's making a philosophical distinction, he's trying not to reveal that. What he's saying is that he doesn't think that you have any uh, something called a quote-unquote identity. Like, he, he thinks that basically you don't have rights. He says that number, your Social Security number is a 12-digit number that's arbitrary. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything. Basically, so you don't really have rights to it. Why are you why are you concerned about this? Is what he's saying, and and it's just it's it's a really sneaky, weaselly way of uh, uh, subverting privacy policy and stuff like that. I think uh, this whole lockdown, uh, Bill Gates really doesn't deny that he's you know basically helping orchestrate the whole thing, um, as far as you know, give advice advise governments on their lockdown and advise CDC for some reason. Yeah, I think his his uh, short-term goal is just to freak everybody out enough to where they're going to beg for that corona COVID-19 vaccine. That way you didn't have to force it on anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I completely agree with that. It's he's, he's freaking everybody out to get the vaccine out there. And so the next time this comes around, everybody's already ready to shelter in place, get their vaccines. Oh, yeah social distance yep everything yep. else they put in place this time it's a psychological experiment being performed on the whole world which is interesting but also it's yeah i would say a trial run every two years before an election they're gonna pull another one of these is my guess i don't i don't think it would be that often i think they would space it out so it has more impact maybe man but i think they're just trying to get us used to doing this i mean they're already saying we might it might come back in the fall and we'll have to shelter in place all over again Mm -hmm. November, December, CDC. I have the training us. That, yeah, yeah. I think this is gonna because everybody's putting up with it. Uh, this is gonna become a annual, if not probably biannual thing, at least once every four years. And they'll do it more and more frequently until that's just life now. And you can't leave your house without your, your tattoo or your chip or your, what barcode or whatever. Because I when it comes not. to these globalists, they they play the long game like China does. They're not just uh, trying to get one over like a bank robber and just make a big score. I mean, these guys are playing the long game for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about Bill Gates, founder of Microsoft? Definitely not uh, a great guy. Um, you know, clearly a globalist. He doesn't hide it at all. He promotes it. He's actually, I'd say he's one of their uh, evangelists, you know, and he, he's basically trying to... Uh, covertly implant this ideology in the minds of the masses i'm pretty sure and, and also just get it pushed on us he's just trying to push it on us. he's trying to force it on us he, he wants to to get his his or make his will you know reality basically that's my perspective i agree i agree too i have a few differences but for the most part i agree i think he is uh, a very rich man who has made his living off of inventing products that he, in his own mind, in his messiah complex enwrapped mind, 
beliefs that are not only helping humanity but progressing humanity and i don't know whether or not his intentions are nefarious but i do know that they are very self-serving just from the way he's talked about it and the way he presents himself i feel like safety and the mass population's perspective of him only matter as far as his legacy goes not the actual impact of what he does so overall, I'd give Bill Gates like a three out of ten. <laughs> Would not bang again. Would not bang again. And just to close it out and bring it all full circle here, that first clip I played, I think um, I'll just play the end of it because I think the South Park guys, I don't think it was un, I don't think it was accidental that they um, took this angle. And if you look at the metaphor for Xbox as like the metaphor for what Bill Gates is really all about. Uh, and this is a pretty old South Park, but I think it nails it. Do you know what weakness is, Steve? Weakness is believing that competition is healthy. See, there was a time when Xboxes and Playstations could both survive in this world, but that time's done. It's all headed to one device that people game on, watch TV on, socialize on. There's only going to be one winner. I can't have you idiots throwing away everything I worked so hard to achieve. So am I right about that? It seems like the Xbox is a metaphor for basically everything Bill Gates does. There can only be one. And like a global, he's already trying to do that with the global ID, NewsGuard, which blocks you from fake news. Yeah, I'm with you. Integrating everything into one, like the the ideal dream would just be one corporation that basically makes, is connected and surveils everything and everyone. And that's, I feel like what that's Bill Gates' dream. <laughs> yep. That's that definitely like, the dream of, autonomy when it comes to security and uh, health that he has. And I mean, it would definitely involve some sort of dystopian system where everybody's connected into one thing. True. I don't know if he's actually going to, I think he's going to set the ground. I think Bill Gates is the kind of person who sets the groundwork for something. Not, he doesn't actually build it. He just sets the groundwork for it. Is it like in the history books, they'll look back and be like, like 200 years from now, I'd be like, Bill Gates was the guy that first suggested the universal tattoo health care system or whatever the hell it is. That's like what they'll look back and see him as rather than the person who's actually able to implement it. Yeah. Microsoft is small potatoes. Mm -hmm. It's all about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation <laughs> now. All right. Well, uh, that, was a, that was a long way to go about it. Shoot, man. Knocked out a two-parter. Uh, abs in a six-word. Bill Gates episode. Just want to give a want to give virtual high fives all around. Virtual. High yeah, this five. was like a job. It's like a job today. I feel like this is all I did today. All right, fellas. Abs in a six-pack. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. All right. Well, that wraps up the second Bill Gates episode. So we're gonna go back to Ruffner with a sports update. Ruffner, what's going on in the world of sports? Still nothing, man. They canceled everything. All right. Well, we'll see you next episode with a sports update there, old Ruffner. We'll see you there, Chris. The issue that really grabbed me as, as urgent were issues related to population. The problem is that the population is growing the fastest in the very poorest places. And so it's really an acute problem in a, a certain number of places, and we've got to make sure 
uh, that we help out with the tools now so that they don't have an impossible situation later. It's just who I told you, Bill damn Gates. I look at the news coming in. Every one of these stories certifies and confirms our worst nightmares. We're deep inside the new world order now. <laughs> Overnight, all the hard-fought liberties are gone, and the mark of the beast is announced. And it's just who we told you would do the announcement. Closest thing to the Antichrist on this planet is Bill Gates. Creepy, evil, medical officer of the new world order. Who's pushing 5G? Dickhead. Who's pushing weather modification? Jerk off. In fact, I shouldn't even joke around. Those names are too kind for him. He is a manifest hole in the hell. I told you, he's the chief science officer of the New World Order. Folks over the years are like, why do you harp on Bill Gates? Because they're devil worshipers. They're going to release stuff that starts killing hundreds of millions every season. See, you're going to get those vaccines. And then all of a sudden, you're going to feel lumps all over your body. You're, you're going to have lymphatic cancer. That's, that's what they give you. And, and you're going to get uh, blood cancer. You just, you just, oh, oh my God. And it's the loving doctrine. Oh, I'm going to help you. Oh, liberal. Oh. And they're going to get you and take you in. And they're going to hit you with radiation and bug poison that's costing like 30 cents a package. Gonna charge you a thousand dollars per 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 deal, but but it, it'll be okay though, cause you'll be strong, and there'll be a run. You'll be there in your wheelchair, and then the runner's like, "Oh, we're raising money for you. Oh, oh, you're so brave. You've got breast cancer, honey, but a lot of brave women have fought it. We're gonna suck about a hundred grand out of you." <laughs> and Bill Gates is a little satanic elf going, "Oh, oh." The spider first bites you and stuns you, then ties you up, and then slowly lets your juices dissolve. And when it hears the last beats in the heart, right when the spirit leaves, plunges the fangs in ritualistically. So right at the moment of death, there's an eight-eyed spider sitting on top of you. Oh. Lay there. I am your medical doctor. I'm Fauci. Oh, let me just put this in you. Let me just slide these in, and then you'll be safe. Ah, liberal. And it just slips them in, and then pumps a little in. It goes, see, that feels better now. Go to sleep. sleep. And you, oh, I'll just do what they say. I won't file. I'll go along with it. It's all about sucking the darkest, most twisted energy off the planet. And up there are the top generals, the Fauci's, openly crazed, openly psychotic, openly evil, involved in every evil you can imagine. A ghoul-like creature. And serving Gates, another little ghoul, a little demon elf. Oh, I'm Bill Gates, I'm, oh, I'm liberal. Oh. Take my shot. It's not for the red to me. Oh, hi, Bill Gates. Let's kill old people. Oh, oh, oh let's take shots. Oh, I'm your boss now. Oh, oh, I'm going to inject you with a, with a shot. We got to turn the corner sometime. Holy hell. Microchips, world government, forced inoculations. This is world government forced inoculations. Total 
hacking and microchips sewn into our skin. Oh, 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 oh,